You are live with Get Connected, your guide to digital living. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We've got an awesome program uh, today. Later on, uh, we'll be talking about my 5G journey. For those who don't know what 5G is or maybe don't care, <laughs> which probably is a large part of the audience, it's the new network technology that all the cell phones will be using in the coming years. Right now, uh, we're pretty well all on 4G technology or fourth generation uh, I guess data and, and cell phone service technology. Uh, 5G is the next incarnation and promises all kinds of wonderful things. Uh, much more interconnectivity, uh, faster speeds, of course, as always. Uh, but I think even more important, just low latency. And what that means is that uh, when you click on something, it happens instantaneously. So this is going to be good for what they say uh, would be self-driving uh, cars and other autonomous vehicles and drones and also things like tele-health. Uh, uh, so if there's like remote surgeries and things like that happening, uh, it would be instantaneous. Would you do a remote surgery <laughs> over 5G? Given Mr. Agarbo, uh, the only surgeon we can get is uh, in Denmark, and he'll be doing it remotely. I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, I've had a chance to uh, try out a new 5G phone, and I've got uh, a TELUS uh, 5G SIM and using the, the 5G network, so I'll just tell you my first impressions of that. We'll also be talking about auto mowers. Are you tired of mowing the lawn? Well, we've got a solution for you. What about a robot to do it for you? Uh, I've had a chance over the summer to try one out, and I will give you my impressions on how well it worked or didn't, and is it worth it? But let's talk some news, John. There's some uh, kind of interesting stories that we were following up on uh, this week. One of them that really caught uh, our eye was the uh, our eyes were the uh, these researchers that are trying to come up with batteries that can last five thousand years or more. Sounds awesome. Is it going to be in the iPhone 12? No. So. Researchers uh, have uh, been trying to develop these special batteries that are essentially using radioactive atoms inside them. Little flecks of nuclear waste. Perfect. <laughs> so from what I've read so far, I mean, it's working. They've tried this. They're, they're using it in some applications. But it's not something you're going to see in cars or laptops. From my understanding the technology to, to achieve that density they need in the battery, the battery would be bigger than the car yes. or, or the laptop. Yeah. But I mean, for 5,000 years, that's not bad. Yeah. I, I think the, the premise behind these things is more for very small things that you don't want to have or aren't able to replace the batteries for. For example, a very small powered satellite that you're going to send off into space. It's just going to ping home and, I don't know, maybe send a photo, maybe send some data, something like that. I don't know. Um, but also they've been using this and sort of how this all came about was some researchers that were doing, or volcanologists, I guess is their technical term. Volcano people. Yes. As I call them. Yeah. So they were creating little probes to put around the perimeter of a volcano. And obviously it's not very safe to be there to replace the batteries. <laughs> really? <laughs> and, and for whatever reason, I guess they can't use solar. Um, and so apparently they have, was one of these trials for this battery system that they came up with and they never have to charge it. And, you know, 
it's basically decaying radioactive material inside a lab-grown gem. Diamond. Yeah. So I had all sorts of questions because I'm still like, it's a great article if you get a chance to read it in Wired Magazine about all of this. Uh, but, you know, my thing was, is it safe? And so what they're essentially saying is, uh, yeah, it is safe. It's got the you know same safety as the exit signs we see in buildings. I didn't know exit signs had radioactive elements that made them light up. Do you remember those watches that had the little glow-in-the-dark yes. uh, lines on them so yeah. you could see the time? Yeah, in the, the dials. Yeah, That was radioactive material. Okay, so it's just as safe as that. I don't know if that was safe, though. That was like the 70s. <laughs> it's my, my one wrist. There's no hair growing on, on it any, anymore. Okay, that's uh, something that we're going to be following just to see where they can uh, take that. We are going to have to take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking with the robot lawnmower people. And you can uh, give us your thoughts on whether it's worth it or not to have one of these. I've had a chance to try it out, and uh, you'll uh, hear what I have to say. And later on, we'll be talking about 5G. I've had a chance to try it out and my initial first thoughts. You listen to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected, Mike Agarbo with John Beeler. Well, uh, I've had the uh, most fortunate opportunity to try out like one of my dream tech gadgets uh, and... As you know, John, I'm really into making my life easier because I'm inherently lazy and I love robots because that's the dream. That's what they're supposed to do to help us. Uh, I've uh, been trying out a, a new Husqvarna auto mower. And so this is a robotic lawn mower that basically looks after the entire lawn. It makes sure that it's always trimmed to the, the perfect height. And I've got to say so far, John, it has changed my life. I, I freaking love this thing. It just works, and it just goes all the time. I don't have to badger it to go out and mow the lawn. It just does it 24-7. On the line, we've uh, got a great uh, guest, uh, Andy Grayson from Husqvarna. He's the global product manager. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Glad to be here. Uh, Andy, let's uh, let's just talk about uh, the uh, the auto lawn mowers. Um, they've been around for quite some time, haven't they? Yeah, so we're actually celebrating 25 years of robotic mowers at Husqvarna. So we've been doing it for quite a while now. 25 years. So like 25 years ago, you had a robotic lawnmower. Like how how much have they changed over that time? Oh my gosh, it's night and day. Um, at least in my opinion. So, you know, they still make tall grass short, just like they did 25 years ago. But <laughs> learned a lot as far as, you know, keeping the grass healthy, having a good user experience and stuff like that has come a very long way. Let's uh, talk about uh, what's involved with having an auto mower uh, on your lawn. Um, and thankfully, uh, you guys hooked me up with uh, the guys over at Fraser Valley Equipment. Uh, you know, they came out and installed what's uh, called like a perimeter wire. Uh, so the the auto mower has to know, you know, basically what its boundaries are. So uh, what you're going to have to do is lay this wire around the outside of your yard and around all like the... Uh, the gardens and, and things like that to make sure that it stays uh, in, in bounds. So from my understanding, it's something you could do yourself. I don't think I'd want to do that because I'm, I'm sure I would monkey it up. Uh, but uh, you can have it professionally installed. It I think it only took them like two and a half hours, um, something that would probably take me weeks. <laughs> uh, but once that's done and, you know, you know they set up the auto mower, it's all controlled by an app. You can schedule it to mow whenever you want. It'll mow 
in the rain, it'll mow at night, stay whenever. Uh, but basically, you select the height of the grass, um, you know, from one to nine, I believe, and it it just goes. It's uh, it's almost magical, Andy. Yeah, that's the idea. So you should have you know the best looking lawn in the neighborhood without having to do anything to it. it it's interesting. Like in my neighborhood, I now that I've kind of got this automower, there's actually quite a few of these. Is uh, is this a, a growing trend? Like, is North America uh, seeing increased sales in uh, robotic lawnmowers? For sure. So it's been pretty big in Europe for a while now. Um, North America is starting to catch on in the last year or two, and we're definitely hitting our stride now. So people are starting to realize that it just makes sense to get something like this so they can have their time back to spend in any other area that they want to. What, what country sells the most of these? Uh, globally, Germany would be our best seller. Uh, see the Germans. <laughs> they, yep. they, they know efficiency, no, no question. Exactly, yep, top efficiency. So, I, I mean, these are pricier than a, a regular lawnmower, Andy. There's, there's no question. Uh, I think the model that I got is a 435X. Uh, I think it's in, you know, the $3,000 Canadian price range. The installation's, you know, around $600 for the, the perimeter wire. You're, you're into it for thousands of dollars, but... Um, how long are you going to get life out of, of out of these automowers? That's a good question. So, you know, price-wise, yes, it's a bit of an investment. I think our opening price point is going to be like fourteen ninety nine Canadian. So that would be kind of a smaller model you install yourself. Obviously, if you need more features or more capacity of professional installation, the price increases from there. Um, as far as life, we advertise about 10 years. So there's a lot of variables with that. You know, if you're pushing the mower past its bounds, maybe you get a little bit less than that. Or if you buy a mower that can do more than you're actually having it do, then it'll probably last more than that 10 years. So it's uh, basically it should last just as long, if not longer than any other mower you would buy. I guess the thing that was most fascinating to me, uh, Andy, uh, is how it actually mows the lawn. Like, I, I didn't realize this. When I pictured these robotic lawnmowers, you know, they had giant blades underneath and, you know, going, uh, you know, fast. But they're actually tiny, tiny little blades. I, I can't even believe they can cut the lawn. Yeah, so it's pretty cool technology. Um, blades are that way for a couple of reasons. First off, um, it does a really good job cutting the grass because you've got a lot of different cutting area on the three blades underneath. Second of all, it's pretty cheap for you to maintain. So the idea would be once you spend this money to have this mower installed, that's about it. You're not going to buy any gas. You're not going to replace your filter spark plugs. The blades are a couple dollars because they're so small. And then also another thing is it really helps us stay quiet. So you don't have a huge blade that's going at a very fast speed and, you know, cutting big things. You just have a small blade that's constantly cutting. So it never really has much of a noise, which is, again, really big for the neighbors. That was something that was really surprising when when Mike had it installed. We literally sat on his patio and just watched it mow for like a couple hours afterwards. And you can't even tell it's doing anything. And and that's the big surprise. Unlike these guys that go out in the mornings with their big actual mowers and you hear it for like an hour or two. Um, this is completely silent. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, when I installed mine in my yard, so I had mine just mowing at night because my dog was out during the day and I didn't really want them fussing each other. And so I actually had my neighbors coming up and asking, like, you know, what are you doing, Andy? Like, your yard looks so good, and we never see or hear anything mowing it. And it's just funny. Like, that's the option you have with the automowers. You can you can keep it a secret, or you can have the thing mow all day, and people are kind of drooling looking at it. So it can go a lot of different ways. I got to say it looks pretty cool. It, it reminds me, like, of a, a little stubby Batmobile. 
It's got like the LED lights on front, so you can have those on or off. You know, it's up to you. So at night, uh, you know, can kind of, I guess, see where it's going. Uh, but it's uh, it's pretty slick and, and futuristic looking. Yeah, a lot of people do like that kind of high tech look. I know I do for sure. Uh, what I found interesting as well, um, you know, you've got to lay down this perimeter wire. One thing I was concerned about in my front yard is that um, I have like a uh, another front area. So I've got my, my front lawn and then there's a sidewalk and then I've got this curb bit of lawn as well. And I thought, oh, I'm still going to have to have a lawnmower. Uh, but no, they were actually able to lay wire uh, through one of the, the seams uh, in the, the cement sidewalk and you can't even tell it's there. So it's kind of funny now, uh, occasionally when it's doing the front lawn, this lawnmower actually crosses the sidewalk uh, to get to that last little bit. Yep, that's, uh, we have a lot of people who think the same thing, right? Like, why would I buy a lawnmower I'd have to, or an electric lawnmower? I have to buy multiple for either side of the sidewalk and it's not hard to just get that wire either right on top of it. You never notice it. Or I mean, some people want to bury it underneath the sidewalk if they just really don't want to see it at all. And you got plenty of options there, but the automower can absolutely go across that sidewalk and mow anything on the other side as well. I, I guess the, the question I get most often, especially when people are like walking by my, my house, uh, you know, they're, they're concerned about the safety aspect of this lawnmower. Like, Hey, can kids get their fingers underneath there and, you know, lift it up uh, and, you know, obviously cut themselves. Um, but, you know, if, if you were to turn this thing over, um, like the second you lift it up, it just stops automatically. And those are actually tiny little blades underneath. They're not like the big lawnmower blades that you might be used to. Right. So first off, there's tons of safety and tech that would make sure even though the blades are small, they'll never come in contact with a, a kid and a dog, a dog, a cat, anything like that. Um, to your point, if it ever gets lifted or moved, the blades shut off automatically. Um, also, as far as, you know, safety. So there's actually sensors on the front of the mower that if it's coming up on an object, whether it's a, a fence post or a dog that's laying there sleeping, it'll go ahead and slow before it gets to that point. So that way it doesn't really kind of ram at full speed, I guess you could say. So for instance, I've I've got a, a lab that he's a lazy dog. And so he'll fall asleep <laughs> out in the backyard when the mower's out there. And he's to the point where he's used to it now. He'll, you know, the mower bumps up against it. And he just kind of looks like, you know, come on, are you kidding me? What are you doing? So it doesn't hurt him at all. just kind of bounces off, kind of just like me throwing a tennis ball and hitting him. Um, there's also a lot of tech as far as, like, we have a lot of people ask, well, how, what if it gets stolen, right? Because you got it maybe mowing out there at night with those LED lights and somebody kind of licks their lips and says, hey, that thing looks expensive. I'll throw the back of my truck. So uh, we've definitely thought of that. So if it goes outside of basically your neighborhood, super loud alarm's gonna start going off. So typically that'll make them dump it out of the truck or whatever. And the mower has GPS on it as well. So if he takes it and dumps it, or if he takes it and keeps it, you can see exactly where it is. So ideally you would just call the police, say, hey, some knucklehead stole my mower. Here's exactly where it's at, go get it. <laughs> Here's where they, where they live. Have many people tried to steal these things? Not too many, but uh, you know, there's one here and there. So definitely something we think of when we design the product. Yeah, I read some uh, articles about um, uh, some of these uh, mowers being used uh, on the city park fields there, and someone tried to steal uh, steal one, uh, but they didn't get far. Because of the GPS, uh, they're basically able to tell the cops exactly where they were, and they picked them up. Yeah, we had one, uh, I think it was in Illinois somewhere, which to your point, is like a public area. I think it was a cemetery a lot automowers maintaining someone stole it and uh same thing the owner of the automower just showed the police like hey looks like it got stolen here's where it's at so the police went and found it at a storage unit they opened up the storage unit to get the mower out and there was a ton of other stolen stuff in there as well so the <laughs> automower was kind of the policeman of the week that week 
Um, how big is too big for, for the yard? So right now, our biggest automower will maintain an acre and a quarter. And, and what about hills and steep hills? Yeah, so we've got some models, you know, as you increase up the line, the hill capacity gets greater. This year, we actually just launched a really cool mower that's all-wheel drive. So it's got kind of an articulating back end and four different wheel motors that helps it tackle some really gnarly uh, slopes up to 45%. And so you throw that number around and you're like, well, what's a 45% slope, right? Is it a lot? Is it not a lot? The best comparison uh, we've seen here in the U.S. is like if you've ever been to a NASCAR race. So the kind of turns have a big slope so the cars can maintain their speed. And it's actually a greater slope than the racetrack. So this is, I mean, to be honest, you would have trouble walking up a slope like that. So you can actually probably mow more areas with this automower than you could mow with your tractor push mower before. It's just funny the reaction uh, I get from people that come over, uh, you know, uh, if we have people over, uh, family, uh, or just people walking by on the, the sidewalk in front of my house. They just, they're in awe of this thing as it kind of randomly goes uh, around the yard. I, I actually have this older Asian man uh, that actually comes and sits underneath one of my trees in my front yard and watches it for like an hour. <laughs> it's, 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 it's hilarious. Uh, so obviously uh, a lot of uh, interest in it. Uh, Andy, where can people find out more information about uh, the Husqvarna automores? So the best places to go are going to be either Husqvarna.com. We have a ton of resources and information there or their local Husqvarna dealer retailer. Feel free to go there and ask any of the staff and they can point you in the right direction. We've been talking with Andy Grayson. He's the global product manager over at Husqvarna. I want to thank you for joining us today. Yeah, Mike, John, appreciate the time. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk here on Get Connected. Stay tuned. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and John here. We still have lots to talk about uh, in a bit. We'll be talking about folding phones. Where is it going? Will we all have folding phones one day? Well, you'll get our thoughts on that. Uh, we'll be chatting about Samsung's new models. Did they get them right this time? Uh, we've had a chance to try the flip and the fold. Uh, these are uh, folding screen phones. So the, the dream is that uh, you'll be able to have much more screen space, but when you're not using it, you just fold it and stick it in your pocket, which I guess is a, a good dream. Is the price right yet? Does the technology work? Well, we'll give you the lowdown on that. This week, uh, or the past couple weeks, uh, I've had a chance to try out uh, 5G service from TELUS. Of course, there's a couple elements that you must have. First, you've got to have the 5G SIM and service, and you have to have a phone that's capable of 5G technology or speed. And so I had a chance to try that out uh, in a Samsung phone. And the was that the Note Ultra? Yes. Note 20 Ultra? Yeah. It's hard to say right now, John. Uh, I think we're still in the infancy of this. I know that the the big carriers have been rolling out these networks in the big urban centers right now. Is is it faster? Sure, a little bit. But for the most part, I I couldn't really... It wasn't a big difference to me. So I, I didn't do like, you know, benchmark tests on downloading certain files and things like that. I was just trying to use it on, you know, a day-to-day -day basis just for web surfing and video streaming. Uh, but it, it, I guess for, for a lot of the times, I couldn't tell if I was on 4G or 5G. You know what I mean? Like as far as the performance. Right. And you had literally the latest 5G phone out there. Yes. And the, the appropriate SIM. Yeah. So if you should notice it, you're going to notice it in that device. But that's the challenge. Like, 
because I'm always using state-of-the-art phones. It's the nature of our business. So things are fast in general. And for the most part, if I'm loading up web pages or streaming video, it's just, they're fast anyway. Yeah. The, the networks are good. That, that's always been my thought is with the 5G stuff, the average person's probably not going to notice a difference. Yeah. Uh, it might be more stable. It might be more consistent, but it's it's going to be as fast and quick as you would expect. The other challenge that 5G sort of highlights is the fact that having the fastest internet in the world doesn't matter if the site that you're loading is slow. Yeah, that's there's so many factors, right? Yeah. I mean, there's the network, it's the site and the servers that you're logging into, it's the streaming service you're using. Like, do they have fast services? Are they capable of delivering the yeah. data quick enough? Well, and I also too wonder if some of these networks have been truly optimized for that five. I don't know. 5G I don't, throughput. I don't think so yet. Yeah, there's not enough users using it. No, I mean, should you get a five G phone? All the new ones are going to have it built in. Yeah. Would I pay extra for that right now? I don't know. Well, yeah. Like, how long do people keep phones now? It's funny. I, I, Me, not that long, right? <laughs> well, no, we get new phones every other day. It yeah. seems. But I think the average person seems to be holding onto their phones longer. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, like, you know, instead of being every year, even for the diehards, a lot of people, even my friends that were always like getting the new iPhone or the new Samsung or whatever, they're hanging on to them because they cost a lot more now. They sure do. Right. And so there's that. But, you know, what's the killer app for 5G? You're not going to notice it on these new phones. The remote surgery I'm going to do, right? <laughs> no, that I mean, and that's been the history of technology and computing and what have you. Like things advance when there was a killer app or a killer application for it. Do you know what I mean? Like with computers, the killer app was things like spreadsheets, yeah, and word processing. Like that's what sold computers. So what's going to sell a 5G phone now? Killer marketing. Killer marketing. <laughs> killer marketing. You got to have 5G. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, of course, if you're in the market for a new smartphone and you're going to keep your phone for a few years, yeah, you probably want to make sure it has 5G, but... Well, you're you're hoping that there'll eventually be a use case or, or a need for that service. Yeah. But it sounds like, from the rumors, the new iPhones will have 5G. Yes. Clearly, the new Samsung. That means Apple says it's ready. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. th that's actually might be a good barometer too, yeah. right? You know, if Apple doesn't come up with a 5G iPhone, then we would know that they don't see the value yet so i just want to caveat this this is my first impressions like i haven't really done like in-depth testing on it but just from a day-to-day -day, it's not like yeah life changing or earth shattering yeah well it, it, that's the hard thing is even if you get faster internet at home it's hard to tell because there's so many other variables yeah you know how fast is your computer how fast is the web page you're loading what kind of activities are you doing at the same time be interesting to see what happens if you hotspot that phone and use your laptop with it this is true this is true but anyway it's it's something to consider right because you're paying a lot of money for these devices yeah so is it worth it to have 5g stay tuned over the next few weeks i'm going to be trying this out more just to see where i feel that technology is going to shine but you know right out of the gate it's i mean it's cool but it's not changing my life when we come back from the break, we're going to be talking about folding phones. Should you get one? Are they ready? Can you afford it? Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. 
Time to talk folding phones. We're uh, starting to see them come out a little more and more. Samsung's uh, just released a couple of them. We have talked about uh, their Samsung Galaxy Z Flip phone, or the second version of it. Uh, If you're watching the video podcast, I've uh, got one up on the screen right now. And uh, I can flip uh, the screen right into a little pocket size uh, phone, which makes it super easy to carry around. I'm actually very enamored with this one, John. It's like a little Game Boy. (laughs) Was it the Game Boy SP? That was the one. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was trying to remember what it was called. Yeah. I love that one because it's the perfectly and it makes sense for it to be a smartphone too because the the you know the fragile screen is protected when you fold it up and yeah. it fits in your pocket nicely. Well, uh, I had the opportunity uh, this week. They sent the new Samsung Z Galaxy Fold Two phone. So, do you remember the first time this thing came out? Oh, do I? <laughs> Debacle. Um, they sent it out to a bunch of journalists, and I guess it just wasn't ready for prime time. They've oh, there it goes there. Uh, it it had this special kind of screen protector on it that was really easy to peel off that you weren't supposed to peel off. Yeah, it, it definitely felt like it should be peeled off because a lot of times new technology comes with this coating on it that you're supposed to remove, and most people don't actually remove it. Like, and one of my pet peeves is people that plug in power adapters that still have the coating on it, and I'm like. You know that's going to melt and get gross and probably bring your house down. <laughs> um, so I've had a chance to, to monkey around with this new one. And keep in mind, it's not for everyone. This thing is $2,700. Actually, it's, when you round up, $2,800. Yeah, that's that doesn't leave a lot of people. No, but uh, I think they sold out of the first batch when they did kind of reintroduce it. Um, and they've been selling out the, the flip versions of phones that thing's 2000 bucks but you know the appeal here is that they have improved it so do you remember the front it had a small like the phone was big but the screen was only like 4.6 inches yeah the bezel was like three inches yeah look it looked a little weird to be honest so on the on the new version uh the front screen takes up the entire front now uh so you're looking at uh 6.2 inches on it which is good yeah right which is nice yeah yeah uh, so I don't mind that at all. Uh, one thing I do like is that uh, when you do open it up, uh, it turns into a giant tablet. So that, I believe, is 7.6 inches now, that screen. And it's got something cool called app continuity. So when you open it up, whatever you had on the front screen just automatically opens up in the inside, but even bigger and better, which is kind of cool. Yeah, no, I loved the original version. Um, when we were going into the office regularly, I was taking the West Coast Express in, and I loved being able to have that sort of pop-open display while you're sitting there on your morning commute, uh, and it was fantastic. And, it, you know, nothing has changed in that respect. I think it's still a wonderful device for that. It's just the the biggest problem I think most people will have with this device is the cost. Yeah, is it costly? Yes. <laughs> uh, but... It, it just, uh, it, you know, with any new technology, John, do you remember when cell phones came out? Oh, yeah. Were they cheap? Nope. Nope. They were thousands of dollars. Thousands. I think they started like $10,000 uh, for some of those early Motorola ones. So uh, the fact that they can get this type of technology in at $2,700, that's not bad. I mean, yeah. again, it's not a mass uh, mass audience appeal at that price, but... I, I question my question to you, John, now is is this the form factor 
of the future. In 10 years, will they all be folding screen phones? Because you know the price is going to come down. The price will come down for sure. But the, I guess the question is, do we need to have a device that functions that way? Because that's the... Um, uh, the, the 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 focal point of the problem with that phone is and the big question is durability right? yes how how often and especially when you get it new you're showing everybody how it folds yes right and this was the same thing that we did with the original one that we had and the question is is like in a year is it still going to be you know nice and clean with a slight little sort of crease in it or is it going to be all jangy and um you know peeling up and stuff like that I, I think it, in my in my pocket it, in my pocket well, yeah <laughs> well that's a given though <laughs> you had the you had the the little flip one yeah and you scratched it within 10 seconds so well yeah i, I could be easier on it definitely yeah. but but I, I think that the the big question we get asked a lot about these folding phones is how durable is the screen and you know that's still to be determined, but I think the people that can actually afford or would want this device, they're not concerned because they're probably going to get the next one as soon as it comes out anyways. At these price points, this is a very small market, I think. But like you said, they're having trouble keeping them in stock. I don't know if it's because they're only making four of them or if it's because they are really that popular. I think there's a market out there for them. I mean, they sell Ferraris, right? Yeah, well, and no question, there is people that want the bleeding edge. We do. You know, yes. We always want the latest and greatest. But I'm just not sure that this particular technology is going to be the wave of the future. Um, we still, you know, we've seen other devices that have two screens. They're not necessarily seamlessly, you know, connected that way. And that becomes sort of the, the problem with the devices is that how long is that crease is going to crease going to last? Not unlike, you remember the old MacBooks when you go to open up your laptop and it just would like fritzy because they had a really flimsy connector yes. between and the hinge would constantly sort of wear it out. Yeah. And there was a lot of MacBook problems that way. Same kind of thing with this. I think eventually there's going to be some problems or durability issues with the screen. So that's going to be a turnoff to people. Um, if they can get it down in price and they can make it work perfectly. I've said many times on this program, my dream smartphone is exactly what they have in Westworld. It's not unlike this device. The the Galaxy Fold is kind of the right form factor. It's just maybe a little thicker than what we've seen like on Westworld. Um, but it's a nice, you know, fold action, opens up, fits in your pocket pretty nicely. Um, that's a very desirable thing, you know. So So I, I gotta I gotta say something on the durability aspect. When do you drop your phone? Uh, when you're using it? Or is it more like you're kind of me, me personally, I tend to knock my phone off my bedside table onto the floor. Okay, so here's here's my thing with the folding phones now. If you look at the new Samsung Galaxy uh, Fold 2 here, the outside, uh, so the back has got Gorilla Glass. The screen on the outside is Gorilla Glass as well. Gorilla Glass Invictus, I, I believe it's called. No, Gorilla Glass 6. The back is the Invictus Gorilla Glass. The inside... Not so durable. <laughs> they, just, they just call it thin glass. Um, my, my thought is that from a durability standpoint, I would say that most people drop it like you, John. You've got it on your bedside table. You're probably not use it, using it. So I would, I would hazard to guess that most people are dropping it when it's not in use. And if that's the case, then you would typically have this phone already folded up 
and the inside screen would be protected. Yeah, and that's not the issue I'm concerned with. I'm concerned with the durability of the screen folding. Got it. So, yeah. Yeah, only time will tell, right? Well, that's just it. I mean, I forget how many actuations they've said that they've folded it, but, you know, 100,000, 200,000, 300,000. What's the average lifespan for bleeding edge technology when you're showing it off to your friends every 10 minutes? <laughs> Depends how many friends you got. It's true. <laughs> if you've got three friends, you're fine. So, <laughs> But um, I, I have to say, like from a function and form standpoint and just the initial feeling of it, it's much improved. Like, I love it. Like, mm-hmm. this would be a contender for me if it was cheaper. Yeah. No, and, and same with me. And like I said before, I love the original one even. Yeah. I, and I, 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 didn't, I didn't want to and I didn't expect to, but I did, um, especially on those commute trips. If you want to check this out, uh, go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. We'll have some video up there of it uh, folding and unfolding in our hands. When we come back from the break, a little more tech to talk, and uh, your Roomba might have just got a little bit smarter. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and John here. Don't forget to hit our website, getconnectedmedia.com, giving away a Samsung Galaxy A51 smartphone. All you have to do is hit the newsletter tab, subscribe, and you are entered to win. Uh, John, as you know, I'm a big Roomba fan. I hadn't noticed. (laughs) I love these things. I don't have to vacuum anymore. Uh, They've actually did an update uh, for their Roombas, uh, uh, Roomba robots. Uh, these are these self-vacuuming ones. They've got uh, a genius update now that makes uh, their latest models. Uh, so if you've got a Roomba i7, an i9, or one of those uh, Brava Jet M6 uh, mops, uh, it uh, makes these things even even smarter. You can actually tell it exactly where to clean. If someone has uh, dumped some cereal in the kitchen, you could tell it to go exactly there. So you can make it like circle your dogs? I mean, if the dog stays still, yeah. <laughs> um, but it uh, it is fantastic. And, you know, that's the thing. You can specifically target places where the messes uh, tend to be. So, uh, you know, the kitchen table, right? If you've got kids, there's just, there's food everywhere on the floor all the time. You can actually now tell it uh, to clean around the kitchen table or clean around the couch. So if you had like a family dinner at like, say, six o'clock, you could actually schedule it to clean the kitchen table area at seven, say. Yes. That's pretty cool. I like it. I like it. Yeah. But it just uh, shows you how much smarter these robots are getting. I know. They'll be replacing us very soon. Well, (laughs) if they could replace me, that'd probably be a good thing. (laughs) I think some people would be happier uh, about that. Well... John, uh, that's the end of the show. I want to thank uh, all the folks that helped put Get Connected together. Of course, John, uh, Christina, and the rest of the folks back at the ranch, uh, Stephen, Graham, AJ, Nigel, probably missing people there. Don't forget to listen to the app show every Sunday here on CKNW 980, 10 a.m. to 11. Uh, We've uh, got uh, an interesting show tomorrow. We're going to be talking about the battle for the Apple App Store. You'll want to stay tuned for that. We'll see you again next time.